0: Thank you, Thank you. Thanks for having us here today. And isn't it awesome to be able to celebrate our God and Saviour? Um, hear that amazing singing from the kids. And uh, thank you, kids, for singing. Jesus is King of Kings. God loves mothers. And uh, it's pretty neat to remember that here on Mother's Day. Hey, just before we um, launch into and consider a little bit of God's Word, let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you're an incredible God. And that we can come and remember who you are this morning. That we have the freedom to open your word in our country and learn something about you. God, our hearts and our minds, teach us from your word this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mothers. I guess uh, mothers are the reason we're all here today. Uh, If we didn't have a mother, we wouldn't be here, so um, it's pretty important. All of us have got one mother. Some of us who've got older sisters think we've probably got more than one at times. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got three sisters and two daughters and thankfully only one mother, but sometimes they try to sort me out as well. We get lots of advice from our mothers, and I wonder what advice you got from your mother before you came out today. Anyone get some advice from their mother before they um, came out this morning? You're all too shy, aren't you? I'm sure there was some advice. I know my youngest daughter probably got told reminded to brush her teeth. No? Oh, okay. Um, Do you hear? All that sort of things. Mothers give us lots of advice, and that's great because that's what mums are there for, to, to keep us on the straight and narrow. Um, I've been talking to some of my friends about advice I've got, and I've got a few uh, bits of advice collected from some friends, and some of it's pretty good. This is one that uh, was actually from my cousin's mother. So, uh, so actually my auntie used to say this to them every time they went out, and every time I went out with them, remembers who you are and whom you serve. Remember who you are, and remember that you serve God, i.e. be good. But that's just a bit heavier than that, isn't it? Okay. One that my grandmother used to quote a lot to us, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Pretty sound advice, I suppose. Uh, One that we probably need to remember throughout our life. Another pretty serious one here from a friend, no matter who enters your life, never lose sight of who you are. Remember you are you and don't bow to the pressure of those around you. Here's a good one. You are what you feed your mind. My mother used to talk about getting square eyes if you watch TV too much, and that was way before the Internet and everything else that we can feed. Uh, But yeah, you are what you feed your mind, so be careful what you feed your mind. This one probably rings through the ages. Always do the right thing even when no one is looking, i.e. when I'm out. I know how many cookies are in the cookie jar. And uh, this one I really, really like. Friend, friend, this week. If at first you don't succeed, do it the way your mum told you to. Mums are great for advice. You know, my mum uh, gave me a lot of advice, and I was thinking some of the advice that my mum had said that stuck. Uh, careful what you feed your mind, amongst other things. But there was two Bible verses that my mother often quoted at me. I think I'm grateful for that. Yes, I am. Um, but these two verses that she quoted at me, I used to love to play hockey and keep fit. So when I was at high school, I used to run a lot and I'd get up in the morning and I'd go out for my run and, and really, really enjoy it. When I came back, she just asked me if I'd read my Bible as well. And she used to quote this verse, which was, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. I.e., yeah, it's good to look after your body and be fit. But remember, the most important thing is to train your mind and be close to God. So I would quite often get that verse quoted to me when I came in from my run. Another verse that mum used to quote is this one, and i it's a tough one, you know, this one. Sorry. I actually found a way to do um, both read my Bible and get physical exercise. Now I go out in my boat, and that's quite good. (laughs) Um, This verse here. Anyone then who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. You know, Just take a good, hard look at that memory verse. I want every one of you to, to read that. Absorb it. Whoever sees the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. You know, that's a pretty tough verse when things like this appear. Dishes on the bench, untidy bedrooms, and litter. You know, that's a pretty tough verse, but pretty good advice. And it's funny how often that got quoted when there was jobs to be done as well. Mums are great for advice. I wonder what the best advice is that your mother ever gave you or you heard from someone else's mother and what you've done about following it. This Mother's Day, I'd like us to think about the best advice a mother can give. The very, very best advice a mother can give. And a mother in the Bible gave it. And probably the most well-known of mothers of all time was the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, Mary. And in the Bible, in the Gospel of John, we find recorded some great advice she gave. It's inside a story in the Bible, so let's open our Bibles at John chapter 2 and read this piece of history and find out what this best piece of advice was. John chapter 1, sorry, John chapter 2, get it right? and verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind that the Jews used for ceremonial washing, each holding 75 to a 100 litres. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and when the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, he did not realise what it had come from, where. It had come from, though the servants knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine, And the guests, when the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. This is the first of miraculous signs that Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. The first miraculous sign that Jesus had performed. It was a happy occasion. Jesus was at a wedding. Weddings are good things. I know that some of the visitors here from the South Island were at a wedding on Friday. That's why they came to the North Island. Weddings are great things. You get together and they're happy occasions. At this particular wedding, Jesus' mother Mary noticed that the host was going to be slightly embarrassed because they'd run out of some supplies. So she brought it to Jesus' attention, and then Jesus instructed the servants to do something kind of weird. They filled up these big jars with water and then went and poured it out to the person in charge of the feast because they'd run out of wine, and that water was miraculously turned into wine. And we're told at the end of this passage here that Jesus performed this first miracle, to reveal who he was and what his glory was. One person who was there at the wedding knew where Jesus had come from and why he was here, and that was his earthly mother, Mary. An angel had appeared to her before she became pregnant and told her that she was going to have a son, the child of the Most High God. And her husband-to-be, Joseph, was told not to be concerned about taking Mary as his wife because she would give birth to a son and give him the name Jesus, because he, he would save his people from their sins. Jesus knew, sorry, Mary knew that Jesus was the Son of the Most High, and that he'd come to bring salvation to men. And so here at this celebration, at this time of happiness and feasting, I venture to say, because she knew who Jesus was and what he was here to do, she gave the best advice she could to the servants who were there. She said, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And as they did that, Jesus revealed something of his glory. It's a pretty awesome miracle and there's so much we can learn from it. But today I want us just to pick up on verse 5 there. Do whatever he tells you. Mary said that to the servants, And what an amazing thing happened. Jesus performed a miracle. But that advice that Mary gave to the servants that day is still the best advice that anyone can give. Do whatever he tells you. You see, Jesus was there that day at the feast. He could speak to the servants. But if that's the best advice that a mother can give and is still the best advice that can be given today, how can we do what Jesus tells us? How can we hear what Jesus says today? And we can hear what Jesus says today because he's given us his word, the Bible. And in the Bible we read that God has spoken in many ways to many people and in the Old Testament, in the old times, he spoke through the prophets. And in these last days, we know that God has spoken to us through Jesus and he has also given us his word. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we read that this Bible that we hold is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching, correcting, and training. This book, the Bible, is the most amazing thing that we have. And this is how God speaks to us today. Do whatever Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, Almighty God, tells you to do. We can hear what he has to say to us today when we look at what is contained in his word, the Bible. You know, I was reading my Bible at one stage and a workmate came along and said, why are you reading that old-fashioned book? And I said to him, that's interesting. Why do you call it old-fashioned? Have you ever read it? And he said, no. The Bible is God's Word to us today. It is the most amazing book there is. It's been published more than any other book. It's been published in more than any other language. Its message transcends every culture, and every person who has had it and read it has heard from God. It's never been proven wrong. It's an incredible book because there's 66 books in this one book, written over 1,600 years, and they all contain one message— and that is that God loves us and has made us a way for us to get to know him and come to know who he is. There's many, many prophecies in this book that have been proven right. So when someone challenges you and says, why are you reading that book? Remember, it's an incredible book that God has given us, and it is true. What does God tell us in this book? if we're commanded to do whatever he tells us to do and we know where he tells us, what is it that he tells us? God tells us that he is the creator. God tells us that he's worked in the lives of men and women throughout the ages. And God tells us that he has a desire for every one of us to know who he is. I came across a summary of the Bible In 10 words. I thought this was pretty cool. It was an old book that my grandmother had actually, this one here, (laughs) summarizing what the Bible tells us in 10 words. If it's what the Bible tells us, it's what Jesus tells us. The summary of the Bible in 10 words in this illustration in this old book here is this He tells us that man is in complete ruin and sin, and God's perfect remedy is in Christ. You know, what the Bible tells us and what God tells us is sometimes why people don't like the Bible. Because when we read the Bible and it tells us that we're not in a good place to meet with God, some people get upset. There was a great illustration about a little boy uh, who was uh, in the kitchen while his mother was uh, making jam. I see there's lots of jam sitting on the shelf out there. I should have brought them in here for the illustration. One day, his mum was putting the jams, jars of jam away. You know that really nice smell of jam it's just been cooked? Raspberry jam was my favourite when mum made it, and it was always good. She put the jars away on the shelf in the cupboard, and she was about to go out, and she told her little boy that he must not go near the jam. Now, this wasn't me, by the way, although it well could have been. When she went out to do her job, the little boy got a chair, and he went to the cupboard, and he dipped his finger And the first jar, Mm, that's pretty good, and the second jar. And, of course, he had to taste every jar. And uh, he was getting along them okay, and then he heard his mother coming back. So he really quickly, down off the chair, shut the cupboard door, chair under the table, back into the other room doing what he was doing. And mum comes in, and she calls him and says, Why did you disobey me? Who, Me? No, no, not me. And he lied to her and he looked at her straight in the face and he said, no, no, I haven't touched the jam. And his mother kept looking at him. You know how mothers do? Yeah, you do. That's good. Uh, he looked straight at her eye. And you know, when mum looks at you for a long time, sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable. So he, he looked at the buttons on her dress. Then he looked down a little more. Then he looked at her shoes. And then as his head dropped lower and lower he looked at his shoes, and, and then suddenly he saw the reason why his mother was so sure that he'd been in the jam. Because as he got this low, right there, was a big spot of jam. And you know, that's exactly what the Bible does for us. That's exactly what the Bible tells us. That we might think we're okay and we're doing good, but the truth of the matter is there's a dirty spot in our lives that is not acceptable to God. Man's complete ruin is what Jesus tells us. He tells us that there's no way we can put ourselves right with God and that because of the sin in our lives, we're separated from him, and that all the good deeds that we do—putting the shut in the cupboard, putting the chair away—you know—acting all of this and being that—can never cover up. It tells us that we're far away from God. It tells us that no good works can ever bring us close to Him. And many people find that message very disturbing because they hope they can be saved by what they do. But God says, Jesus says through his word, the Bible, that they cannot. But you know what? That was just the first five words. And the Bible tells us so much more. We read in the Gospel of John that there's a remedy to the spot. Oh, there's the jam. I forgot to click it. And as we read on in the Gospel of John, we come to these verses here. We read that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And as we read on in the book of John, we read in John chapter 6 and verse 29 that there is a work that we can do. There's only one work that God talks about. And he says the work of God is this, to believe on the one he has sent. Jesus says again as we read through John's gospel, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, gets put right with God, except through me. And as we read through the Gospel of John, we come to this verse at the end of it. In chapter 20, Jesus did many miraculous signs, not just the one he did in Cana of Galilee. And there's many more things we read about in the Bible. There's many more things that Jesus tells us. And every one that is recorded there is recorded there for a purpose. Yes, to reveal who Jesus is, but so that we might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing we might have life in his name. Jesus tells us a huge amount of things through his word, the Bible. He tells us because he loves us. He tells us that he cares for us. He tells us because he wants us to come to him. But it's our choice. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, we read that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The best advice a mother can give is do what he tells you. We know what Jesus tells us by what the Bible says. And the message that he tells us is that he loves us and he wants us to draw near to him. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The spot of jam on us is not something we can deal with, but Christ came to deal with it. Will you take the best advice a mother can give? Will you listen to what Jesus says and realize that the only way to be put right with God is to hear his word and believe in him? The best advice a mother can give is do whatever he tells you. Jesus hears and thanks Ross for, for drawing this, "Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest." The message of the the Bible is quite sobering, but it's incredibly comforting, and we come to a God today who wants us to draw near to him. If you know Jesus and who Jesus is, as Mary did, the best advice we can give to anyone is to tell them to do what Jesus says. The best use of our time is to tell them what he says. Whoever sees the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. And you know what? There's many, many things that Jesus tells us to do. And if you know Jesus as your Savior and you've been reading his word this week, you'll probably know that there's things that Jesus has told you to do, as he's told me. Let's do whatever he tells us so that we might live life the way he wants us to live life. Have him work through us and reveal his glory to others and draw them to him. You know, there's a saying that says, the greatest crime in the desert is to know where the water is and not to tell anyone. If we know who Jesus is and what he tells us, then let's make sure we tell others as well. Do as Jesus tells you, and he will use you to reveal himself to others. So this Mother's Day, please remember the best advice a mother can give is the best advice anyone can give. That's do as Jesus tells you, and he tells you so many things through his word. So immerse yourself in that. Be careful as you learn what he tells you. It's a dangerous thing. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. We have very briefly skimmed through some of it today to remind ourselves that the greatest thing we can do, the greatest thing we can know, is your love. The greatest thing we can do is what you tell us. And thank you for telling us who you are and your incredible gift of salvation for us through your word. We pray today that as we uh, go throughout this week, as we pick up the jam and we put it on our bread and possibly drop it, we'll be reminded of the fact that we're in desperate need of you. But we pray also that we'll remember the incredible gift of love and that you came to set us right and cleanse us from our sins and that all we need to do is believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen.